Hey, it's Bobby. And Jared. And we are back on the Frankincense Podcast. Oh, happy summer, Bobby. <laughs> happy summer. This is good. Yeah, it's good to be back at the mic. Um, mm-hmm. feels like, again, I know we've taken a good few weeks, it feels like, off. Um, we did. We were busy guys, but... You know, it's it's better we're doing that than than here podcasting. You know, this is this is the side hustle right here. Yes, the side hustle that makes no money. That makes no money, right? And has very few fan. But hey, it's this, good for us to. It, this is just such a great way for us to release our stuff. I know, and is, people who listen to it. Hopefully, you enjoy our banter because that's what it is. Thank you for listening to it. Uh, but yeah, this is like I've said before. This is very therapeutic to me. Uh, so, yeah. um, but. Uh, boy, we tried to get together a couple weeks ago, and I think there were things to talk about, and you know, all that's changed, and now we want to talk about other stuff, right? So It feels like there's constantly things to be talking about. Yeah. And yeah, it was like, um, you had, I think you had theater stuff. Oh, I, man, I had, absolutely. Yeah. I, and then my kids got sick, mm-hmm. and then I got sick, right? and then it was like church business, and mm-hmm. you're... Man. Cool church business, though. Yeah. Bob, Bobby downplays the church business, but I follow uh, his Facebook page and uh, just looking at some of the stuff that you've been doing out there. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's been fun. We yeah. um, we collected a bunch of items to send to troops overseas and yeah. got to ship out like 15 boxes of uh, snacks and you know toiletries and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, we have a we have a, a mom and or we have a. A woman in mm-hmm. the church who is a mom whose husband was deployed to Afghanistan and okay. he's there for he's there for another like nine or ten months. Yeah, um, and so he, yeah, something like that. So he, um, yeah, we we wanted to partner with with them and send mm-hmm. out some some boxes to his troop, and so we were able to do that. And um, and then we had a camping trip for the church, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, we did a hiking trip with the church. It was just two of us that went, but still a hiking trip for the church. There you so. Go just a good thing so just a lot of busy 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 stuff but um yeah. but all good and now we're back what's on your mind now <laughs> uh what's on my mind now let's say bobby <clears throat> came in here with a pretty heavy heart today um you know we're, mm. we're not we're not just like uh you know reeds blown by the wind you know what i mean by that is you know we don't read the news and, and get excited about it um we're not just always responding to to what we see in the news but you know, every once in a while, you know, you see you see a photo or you read a story, and something kind of affects you um, in a way you can't get it off your mind. Yeah, and maybe you shouldn't get it off your mind. Maybe there's some reason why you need to deal with it. Yeah. Well, I just recently wrote a piece on my blog, um, and I'm not one to really self promote, but I'm going to self promote this one. But um, mm-hmm. on uh, BobbyBenavides.me, um, you can go on there, and I wrote a piece called "Do You See Do You See Them," um, and it was referring to what's happening right now at the border, right? Yeah. We the border crisis that a lot of people I think are talking about, you know, everybody's really talking about it because this is a big, this is a big thing. Um, you know, we, we have a, a large amount of, um, people coming to our border trying to seek, um, a better place, right? Um, some are just trying to cross illegally. Mm-hmm. Some are actually seeking asylum, which is not illegal, um, and even when you think about being an illegal immigrant, um, the illegal part of it all, it's really not even that big of an illegal offense. Um, it's like a misdemeanor, right? It's sure. like It's weird. It's like we make it seem like it's a huge felony, but it's like... Right, like how dare you? Yeah, but you it's, like you're, it's like you're stealing a cucumber from the grocery store, right? I mean, that's like what it is, basically. <laughs> I don't know why I picked a cucumber, but that's for some reason that's yeah. in my mind. 
And I'm. I feel very self-aware about that. Very <laughs> self-conscious. I was like, Bobby's been watching me. So, <laughs> well, that cucumber we, was given to me at the <laughs> farmer's market. Hey, so. hey! If you watched Aladdin, it's okay. Um, yeah. No, but and don't worry. I'm gonna be coming back to that stealing a cucumber thing in a little bit. Okay. Um, but the reality of it is, is that we have this crisis of people coming over now, adults making decisions to cross to come up from tragic horrific circumstances of violence of um, oppression political oppression um, you have them not having um, safe places for their families to live mm-hmm. they are trying to figure out the best way to go and really the best way to go is up right right, right. Um, and, and that's a really interesting metaphor too when you think about that right because mm-hmm. when we think about our our struggles in life a lot of times, from a Christian perspective, the best way to go is up, right? Sure. Our prayers go up, right? I gotcha. we, our eyes go up. Well, we're people of hope. Yes. So, and hope, hope's this idea that someday things will be better somehow. And when David said, you know, he lifts his eyes to the hills, right? right. He Where does my help come from? Where does right. my help come right. from, right? So, so when we think about these things, it's like the best way to go is up. And these people are going up to... The one place they know is is supposed to be a land of freedom, of hope, of maybe just general safety. Safety, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Because they have a they know that there's a government that, for the most part, cares about the people. Yeah, right. And I mean, um, you know, say what you will. I mean, uh, you know, we have our flaws, but you know, as far as I know, uh, we don't have you know gangsters running entire cities. <laughs> In America, you know, and maybe um, blocks, but not cities. Blo- right? There are there are areas, and there are there are places where, you know, it's unsafe to go. Um, but and, and on the flip side, if you're a person of color, there are places where it's, it's unsafe to go. You know, yeah. uh, but you can still you can still find a place. You know, yeah. so if you're coming from some place that's war torn or um, torn by uh, organized crime, you know. Yeah, I mean, naturally, you want to get out. Yeah. And the recent image of a dad with his daughter on his back crossing the Rio Grande, you know, um, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, um, I'd be surprised because it's everywhere. It's a it's it's raising awareness of 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 the the tumultuous journey that they have to go through to get to where they want to be. Mm. And my heart is breaking. Right. I mean, and I'm sure for you, when you look at your kids, and for me, when I look at my kids, like, I think to myself, like, what what would I do to save my children? Yeah. And uh, when I see a photo uh, like that um, of a kid in another country um, or from another country and um, in a state of crisis, you know, whatever it is, if it's a, a child in Syria um, after a bombing... Um, can't find his parents. You know, it's a pretty famous uh, video. Um, or if you go back into history, you know, um, pictures of children uh, of a certain age in Vietnam. You know, uh, the famous photo of Napalm Girl, I think, is probably mm-hmm. the, the famous photo that everyone remembers from Vietnam. Um, I can't help but think of my own children at that age, you know. Mm-hmm. I have children of, of various ages, and, you know, and sometimes I'll see a a four-year-old in the in the news and i'll think of my four-year-old or, yeah. or one of my children when they were four you know yeah and um it's hard 
um, to be coldly logical in that moment. And I don't think I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I think I'm supposed to have an emotional reaction to uh, people in crisis. Yeah. And I'm going to pause right here mm-hmm. because I'm sure that there's somebody listening right now who's going, yeah, but you know, if they would just do it right, mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't have this happen. Yeah. If they would just do this, you know, I've had this conversation with people on Facebook recently. If, if they would just follow the law... Sure. That maybe this wouldn't happen. And the reality of it is, is that if they're seeking asylum, Mm -hmm. that's not illegal. Okay. If they're trying to sneak across, Mm -hmm. okay, yes, there's an illegal thing in that. But, but But let's go to this whole situation of, well, if they were just doing it right, Mm hmm. When you look at the process of becoming a legal immigrant, right. if you're not already here, trying to become a legal immigrant from another country, it could take years. Sure. If you're living in a place that is surrounded by violence, your kids are not safe, people are kidnapping kids, right. people are murdering your fa- families around you, you don't have years you to You don't wait. have years. And, uh, and listen, the age of my children and you know, if there were, if there were girls disappearing... You know, in the city, uh, there's no way. I Like, I'm out. I am out, you know? Like, I am going somewhere. I'm going to whoever will have me. Yeah. And we are a country that is built upon immigrants. That's all there is to it. Oh, 100%. We are built upon yeah. this whole process. And so, when I... So, again, I'm saying to myself, like... Before we jump to the, well, if they were just to do it right, let's think about what process of what it means to do it right. And I've had people say, well, I've known people who've gone through the process who've done it right. Well, the reality is those people have already started the process many years ago Mm -hmm. before things were getting out of control or they were already here in the States working on the process before things got out of control. And sometimes it depends on uh, what what country they're from. Right. uh, Having friends from overseas, I know that... uh, you know, not all countries have the same deal with us, you know, have the same, you know, um, diplomatic back and forth, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, some countries, it's very difficult even to just get a visa. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you and I go to Europe, uh, we automatically have a visa to, to most countries in Europe yep. um, because we're American and then with us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that changes, you know. Um, if you're coming from Africa... Um, you know, you you have to pay a couple hundred dollars American uh, and then be vetted. And if there's any reason why they don't want to give you the visa, you just lose the, the couple hundred dollars American, uh, which in some countries is a lot more <laughs> to you than, you know, oh, yeah. uh, $200 is to, to me, you know, middle class American. You yeah. Know? Uh, so th- that's just a visit. That's just to get a visa to, to take a take a trip, you know. Yeah. So you're. Uh, it's a process, you know. So the idea of wanting to come and live somewhere, you know, beyond that six months, or sometimes you're you're lucky and you get a a ten year visa, but to to live beyond that is um, uh, it's a big deal, you yeah. know. So I can and so it's important to note that not every country is is starting off on equal ground, right? You know, it's not it's not an equal opportunity right there. You know, it sort of depends on the the politics between our two countries right, right. now. So. That's it. And, mm-hmm. and that is something that people feel, I feel like people are overlooking. Mm-hmm. 
it's instantly a, well, if you just went through the process and, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be born here, you don't know what that process is. Right. Because you never had to go through it. Sure. And unless you are a person who's going, like, who's a lawyer for immigration, mm-hmm. you don't know every in and out of the law to get people in here. So, so when people right. say, well, they just did it right. Okay, so if you know the law, tell me how easy it is. Oh, man. Because it's not. It isn't. Everybody I've spoken to who has any connection with this process knows it is not an easy process I... to become a legal immigrant. And especially, like, your point, yeah. your point is... From different countries, it is different processes. Sure. All different. Mm-hmm. And again, majority of these people are coming up from South America and El Salvador, you know, like in, in those regions, in that region where it's like there is major turmoil in their government, right. gangs that are, that are demolishing their cities and their people. Like it is, they are killing each other in the streets, right? I mean, like yeah. this, is, this is not a safe place. And so now I jump to that stealing a cucumber comment that I made earlier. Because mm-hmm. one of my arguments is this: as a Christian, as a father, yes, I want to follow the rules. Yeah, I want to obey the laws of the land. But I also know that if I had to break the rules to save my family, sure, I would do it. You would, <laughs> yeah, because because that's because that's what I, that's what I should. I mean, like to to a degree, it's like that's what I should be doing. If it means if it means that I have to be holding a pan mm-hmm. out in the middle of the street asking people for money, which in many places that is illegal to do. Sure, but the police overlook it. But in many places, it's, it's actually illegal. To it's stand. actually Ill- it's illegal to be homeless. Actually, <laughs> there's so, there's know. nowhere you can go when you're homeless. You know, the yeah. only the only reason homeless people can can live in the wilderness is because they haven't been caught yet. Someone will move them if they find them. Yeah. So I there's mean, nowhere you can go. It's this is like the land of the free, but you're actually not free to be homeless. You yeah. need to you need to own own or rent property and be there at night. And so, <laughs> so so you have that situation. So if I know that I need to be doing something to save my family, if I have to if I have to break into an abandoned building and squat there for safety, sure, I'm going to do. You're going to do it. No, I, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, but you you know you you brought up the verse that uh, that everybody always brings up uh, the this, this, the famous scripture reference, the obey all laws and decrees. Mm. Uh-huh. And um, I, I it's worth noting um, that um, <clears throat> the person who said that uh, was often in trouble with the law <laughs> uh, for uh, you know sharing the gospel. Uh, at times when, where it was illegal to do so. And mm-hmm. you will find that this is true all over the New Testament, you know, mm-hmm. that there were people who, who broke laws, you know. And, um, you know, th- it's a little different, you know. But the idea is that, you know, even sharing the good news of Christ, sometimes laws have to be broken to do it. Yeah. Yeah, right? So even today, you know, mm-hmm. there are places where, you know, it would be uh, illegal for me to, to have a, a group of, of Christians reading together, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, la- last I checked, in China, there were only three recognized religions. And the only one that was um, um, recognized as Christianity was Catholicism. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's recognized by uh, <clears throat> the government of China. And if you were to do something Christian that was not... Um, didn't fit into the box of Catholicism, or at least be able to pass for it. It's illegal. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I know. I know that there's been some movement there in regards to like yeah the 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 
they have control over what's allowed to be preached. Okay, I <laughs> had so, I had um, I hadn't checked up on it in a while. Yeah. So if that's changed in the last five years, that's my bad. But they still have but so. they still have control over like they still have control over what's being preached. Uh, uh, one pastor just got arrested. I, I believe I don't know if he's still in prison or mm-hmm. not, but he was arrested for the fact that he was kind of speaking out against right. some of the government um, thinking. Right, and they're like, you can't do that. And he's like, well, you're going against scripture, mm-hmm. and so he went to prison. Now, okay, so, but the thing is, right, for some Christians and some, many of these Christians who are saying if they would just to follow the rules, then they wouldn't have to worry about this, are also praising this pastor for going against the law. Breaking the rules, and, right. And preaching, because, because, because he's preaching Jesus. Because they know the law goes against God's law. Yeah. Right. But then, so now let's go ahead and jump to that a little bit. Okay. Because now this is where we start going, what is God's law? Right. Because the Pharisees and Sadducees created God's law, right? They, 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 I mean, God's law was there, but then they added on to God's law to basically oppress people. Added on. Just to clarify, I mean, there is a, you know, the laws of Moses, right? Yes, That's your yes. law, the five books. Uh, but then the idea is we add things to it. Yes. Um, which we've been doing since the beginning, you know, Adam and Eve, oh, uh, right? Yep. The famous story there mm-hmm. is that God told them not to eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when the serpent asked Eve, what's up with this fruit? She said, God told us not to eat it or touch it. Yep. She added something to it. Yep. To, probably Adam did. Adam probably told her, don't touch it. Yeah. God told me that, right? Yeah. And so he played the the Pharisee, right? Just mm-hmm. add and add to God's law, which we, we we still do. Yep. <laughs> and so and so now we go into this and we got to say like, okay, the when we think about the laws that are there, mm-hmm. Jesus said hey look <laughs> you know yeah here are the laws that i want you to look at here are the two greatest commandments you know? yeah love god with all your heart soul and mind right mm-hmm. this is like that is the greatest command but the second greatest command which is just like it yeah love your neighbors you love yourself there you go and then he went into the good samaritan parable right <clears throat> and he's got this idea he has mentioned that the whole law is summed up in these two yes right mm-hmm. so now we gotta think to ourselves when we start thinking about what does it mean to love our neighbors, we love ourselves. We have to start thinking, okay, if I was down and out, if I was being oppressed by my government, mm-hmm. if I was being pushed out, and I knew that the neighbor north of me was safe, right? I would hope that I could get to them before my life ended because my government was trying to take me down. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that they would welcome me in. Because I would hope that they would love me enough to do that. Right. But yet, when it's our country, it's like, well, no. You need to do this right. These people are being oppressed. Mm -hmm. These people are being broken. They're hurt. They're struggling. Mm -hmm. They need to know the love of Jesus. They need to know that they are welcome somewhere. And I'll be honest with you. A lot of them probably are Christian Brothers and sisters in Christ, I would I would love to know if if that if that man and his daughter, uh, who drowned in the river, prayed to Jesus. You know uh, that you know um, that just makes me think. It, to me, he's he's not a foreigner. You know, he's a brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, even if he wasn't a brother in Christ, right? He's still carrying the image of God. Absolutely, like yeah. this, and, you always have that, you know, yes. that, that, that God created these people, you know. It's the image of God that's within him. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at these people drowning in the water, mm-hmm. jumping off of bridges, trying to make it to safety, 
And we instantly just look at them. We dehumanize them by just saying, oh, well, they're doing things illegally. Yeah. How about we remember that their humanity in all of this? How about it? Yeah. How about we remember that they are made in the image of God and that we should be feeding into that. Right. But instead, we want to get into, well, this is our country. They don't cross over the borders. Mm-hmm. We have laws for a reason. And then when people say that junk, I want to say to them, okay, we have laws for a reason. How many of you guys speed on a regular <laughs> basis mm-hmm. because you're running late? And, and I'll, I'll admit it, I, I was speeding driving here because I needed to get here on, like a little bit ago. I, I, I've crossed over about five miles per hour trying to get here. I was speeding. Oh, on this road here, yeah. I sped today, and uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's flow of traffic on this route. I mean, there, I mean there, there are times where it's like, you know yeah. what, I, I don't put my blinker on. Okay. You know, technically that's break. That's not. That's against the law. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you look at the driving mm-hmm. laws, you're supposed to put on your blinker. I mm-hmm. see people do that all the time. Don't use their blinker. I see people parking illegally. Yeah. I see people. It's like I oh, saw a guy. He's got an American flag in his front yard, and he doesn't illuminate it at night. That's illegal. That's illegal. <laughs> I've seen people with flags that are torn hanging in their. No. I mean, because they because they just don't want to replace it. I saw a guy wearing one as a cape on his four wheeler, and that's illegal. That's illegal. It's like, but we're, but but we pick and choose. Just right. Like we pick and choose scripture. Right. We pick and choose laws that right. we're going to go ahead and obey. Right. And, when and people, you and I are not getting bent out of shape about these little laws. We're just no. It's, we're just making it. No. A point. Right. I'm just so, making. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't so. care. Like I don't. I, I mean, don't care either. So, I don't really. Right. Yeah. But like the reality of it is, is this. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have to realize that the laws of the land are important to follow. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we also have to realize when the laws of the land are creating more oppression, creating more separation, sure. creating more damage, mm-hmm. then that's going against God's that's God's going against God's laws. Right. People want to make this whole thing of like, well, God says obeys the law of the land. But God also said, care for the, the people who don't have clothes. Clothe them. People who don't have food, feed them. Right. People, who are, people who are without a home, mm-hmm. give them a home. Like, mm-hmm. And so for us, when we started saying, well, God said, God said, but we, you know, you got to protect our land. God said that building walls is important in Old Testament. You know, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I got it. Because why? Uh-huh. Jerusalem was torn down, was broken down. So right. he needed Nehemiah to rebuild the wall to protect his people. All right. Okay. That was then, right? But now Jesus came. Right. Opened the door for everyone. Yeah. It's hard for people to get how Jesus changed everything, you know. And that Good Samaritan story is what I want to kind of jump to. I'm, okay. So I'm, Please do. All of that. I'm <clears throat> I think Good Samaritan story is the, the basic, um, y- you got to go there. You, you know, have to in, in terms of when you're talking about nationality, race, laws who's your neighbor you know it's it's the story you yeah know? so if you aren't familiar with the story we're going to kind of go through it the new international bobby version will probably go in there and if you are familiar with the story hang on we'll make this good yeah before the end of this podcast we will get somewhere <laughs> so in this story a jewish man is 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 going to he's he's going to um do some trading basically and in that moment he's beaten by thieves and left for dead and in that time, while he's basically gasping for breath, right? I, I mean, that's what my image is of what I'm seeing is this man is laying there beaten, bruised, bruised, left for dead, gasping for breath. A Levite, um, a Israelite priest comes in 
and basically ignores the need. Okay. Because he's he's focused on where he needs to go. Then another man who is of his lineage, of his of of his group, um, a Hebrew man walks by and and again ignores him, keeps going. But then a Samaritan man comes into the picture. A Samaritan man comes in the picture and he lifts the man up, puts him on his donkey, and leads him over to an inn. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second because <clears throat> there's a lot in that. Yes. Because now we're, again, this is where we start to think about ourselves. Well, in our country, we take care of our own. We need to take care of our own. How about we care about the homeless here? How about we care about the veterans here? How about we care about the orphans here? I agree with that. Okay. But there are things in place already that are that are going towards that way. Right. And we should be supporting that. Mm-hmm. But again, our government, there are things that need to be done there to, to put in, put the energy towards those things here. And those are, things are happening there. Right. You can adopt a child here. It's not like you can't. Mm-hmm. You can care for a veteran here. It's right. not like you can't. You can care for the homeless here. It's not like you can't. Yeah. It's just that we have to be willing to do that. But the Samaritan man is a part of a group that isn't supposed to interact with Jewish people. Right. The Jewish people actually looked at them as being dirty, filthy, wouldn't want to go near them, not touchable, and they intentionally walked around their community. Mm-hmm. They avoided them like the plague. Right. Because they were mixed breed people, basically. That's the way they looked at them. Yeah. And so now the Samaritan man picks up a Jewish man, is going against the law of the Jewish people. And that Jewish man, by him being touched, is now unclean in regards to the Jewish law because he's being touched by the Samaritan man. Yeah. It's hard for us to appreciate uh, today, but they have that sort of biracial thing where they don't – the Samaritans have that sort of biracial thing where they're not – uh, accepted in either community. Yeah, you know they they don't fit with the Gentiles, and they're not, and they're only half Jewish, so they're not good enough to, you yep. know, yep, be considered they're still pu- pe- still people of Israel. So they're pushed aside, right? And they're they're neglected, mm-hmm. or as this book that I have next to me called "Alienated America," they are alienated. Oh, absolutely, sure. Mm-hmm. So now this law is being broken to save this man's life, right? So now he takes him over to this inn, and he gives him to the guy at the inn, the innkeeper, and he says, look, this is what I have to take care of him. Do what you need to do to take care of him. I will come back, Mm -hmm. and just whatever the bill is, I'll pay it to make sure that this guy is okay. Okay. And then he goes on his way to take care of his stuff, and then he makes sure that the bill is paid when he gets back. I mean, that's that's the assumption of the story. That's amazing. That's total (coughs) care, you know? That's beyond... What I do when I help somebody, it's yeah. super challenging. Uh, where, you know, listen, I'll help somebody, but this idea of like, here's my credit card and whatever he needs, get it for him, and I'll make sure we're good. You yeah. know, that's taking it to, that's taking it as far as you can humanly take it. Yeah, and that really that that's got to be what Jesus is calling for. But I rarely do that. I usually I, I do the what I call the get in, get out. You yeah. know, like I get in there, help a little bit, just enough to say I did it. Get out. I don't really want it to cost me. Right. You know, I don't want you running up my bills. You know. And we've spoken about the scripture before in this exact way, but I'm but right. I'm but I'm bringing this into this perspective because of the fact that 
when we start saying the laws of the land say, right? And Jesus basically was talking to a lawyer at that moment, sharing this this story. Okay, that's I mean, that's important to know. He's talking it, yeah. to a man of the law, man of the law, right? <clears throat> and he's saying, "Listen to this law being broken for the sake of this man's life." That's great. Look at the, and and that is mm. so valuable to, to sure. us, and it should be as Christians, like. I can understand somebody from the world, you know, who's outside of the Christian perspective saying, well, why should we care about people who are trying to find safety? This is I, our country. I, I think can... that's the default position. Yeah, I, I don't think people are generally um, too worried about this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've wondered if an, an indifferent heart or an ignorant heart is just as bad as a, a hard heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when this lawyer, this legal guy, is looking at Jesus, and Jesus says, now, who was the better neighbor? Right. And then he's like, the Samaritan was. And that, you've got to realize that this is a Jewish legal guy having to say, well, actually, he didn't even say the Samaritan. Right. Actually, he didn't say the Samaritan. The one who had shown him kindness, (laughs) right? The one who had shown compassion. Right. That was the word. Like, I mean, he basically, he could not even say the Samaritan. Right. And for many people, they can't even say... Well, the, that group of people, like they can't even mention their like the, what their nationality is, or okay. and, and many of them don't even know. They instantly just go, "Oh, they're Mexican." No, they're not. They're from El Salvador. They're from mm-hmm. other parts of the uh, other parts of South America, trying to make their way up. They aren't all just Mexicans trying to make it over. But that's what we instantly jump to because they're. Well, I take I this is taking the conversation in a different direction, but I'm always a little suspicious that people just mean non-white. You know, <laughs> when. They- because I mean, if I mean, if we had a an influx of refugees from Norway or Finland or Sweden, yeah, I don't know that we'd be having this conversation. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I that's a that's that's that Could you is imagine such if a, a million part? Australians were trying to get into the United States. Just wondering. I don't know. Okay, but I, I didn't mean, I mean to take no. it there, but, you know, I mean, do you think that's relevant? I think but, it is. Okay. I think it is very relevant because mm-hmm. there's a fear of the foreigner. Mm-hmm. The, fear of the, the fear of the dark-skinned foreigner. Yeah. That's really what it is. I believe that's there, and this is where people don't see it. And so, you know, you turn a lot of people off talking about this, but the history of it's there. Yeah. I mean, repeatedly. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an undercurrent in our nation's history from the very beginning. You can see people talking about Muslims and Islam, you know, like, right. oh, well, instantly they're they're bad people. Mm-hmm. And we need it. now, okay, I'm not like, I'm not talking about the extreme. Right. Because we have extreme Christians too, right? We have Westboro Baptist, right? We can go ahead and say, like, well, it, that's an extreme Christian group that would yeah. be like, who will go and, and they will um, uh, protest yeah. a, a fallen soldier's funeral. Right. But those are people who claim that they're Christians. Right. Now, that's extreme. We would Christians like most Christians wouldn't even claim them. No, but it won't because it's it's not extreme to uh, the teachings of Jesus, you know. It's uh, it's extreme to wrath and punishment, but it's not extreme to the teachings of Jesus, you know. <laughs> I mean so it's like but you have and then you have, you know, the the Islam Islamic terrorists that are out there sure. that are extremists. Right. And then you have the people who are practicing real Islam and saying like, right. "Dude, this isn't this isn't who we are." Yeah. And so, 
I mean, the the KKK thought they were Christian. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, you have... that's what I always think when I when I think of like a, an extremist group. Um, when I think of you know ISIS or you know something like that, I just sort of think like, well, you know, they're Muslim, like the KKK was Christian. Yeah. So. And so, but because of that, it's created a fear of the foreigner. Right. And this is where we look at people saying, well, oh, we can't let them in. They're all carrying in drugs and weapons. Right. Right. Are they all? No, they're not. No, and, they, I, and that's that's just a fear, you know. And um, you can watch that play out in small small ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember, uh, uh, you know, a shady looking group of characters came to stay at a hotel mm-hmm. uh, where some students and I were staying on a school trip, and immediately the students wanted to do something about this. They were scared, you know. Yeah. They wanted to get away from these people. Well. Come to find out, uh, the people um, yeah, there 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 was a reason why they looked different, and we sort of found that out later. And uh, you know, we got to that point, and everyone felt bad. But the idea was, um, uh, these kids weren't fear. Fear made them have a knee jerk reaction where they wouldn't give somebody else a chance just because they looked a little different. Yeah. And by the end of the weekend, it was fine. You know, I don't want to go into great details on it; it'd be too embarrassing for some people. Um, yeah. I'm glad I stood my ground with these kids and said, "Listen." I think you're I think you're jumping to conclusions. Yeah. And it turned out they were. So yeah. lucky for me. <laughs> but so now back to <clears throat> the border crisis. Because we got because what we have to think about as Christians what we should always be thinking about is mm-hmm. is the humanitarian aspect of things. Right. We should be caring about humanity more than legality. Absolutely. And when we start worrying about illegality over humanity, mm-hmm. we're missing the gospel. We really are missing the gospel because, you know, like you said, uh, the two greatest commandments, they they trump any law. Yeah. That's it. And Dude. when we, if you look at a, a dad floating in the water with his daughter and instantly say, well, he should have just tried being, doing it legally. Sure. I'm going to question your compassion and heart in that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to question – I'm honestly – I do feel like I have the right to question your Christianity in that. Yeah. And I and and I say that I say that so heavily and because it means to me that maybe you don't understand the gospel fully. Yeah. Or um I, I think people there are plenty of people out there who say things like what you're talking about, and I would say that they do they do have a head knowledge of the gospel, mm-hmm. but I've watched people suspend that knowledge temporarily um, in in order to justify something else. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that there is a uh, this need to uh, you know justify justify your political party. You know? Yeah, I, I do, and um, and I think that, that that guides a lot of our discussion. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, we might find ourselves in a Christian level agreeing with each other, um, and, and not really wanting to admit it. Yeah, um, because we just don't want to feel like the the other guy won. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> so yeah, the other guy won that argument, or you know, or that maybe the political party that I've subscribed to is wrong therefore i'm wrong in some way i think pride comes into it too, yeah you know so let me let me jump back a little bit okay. maybe i maybe i spoke a little bit too harshly there maybe i shouldn't have said i'll question your christianity 
Maybe I shouldn't say well, that. Well, I do think you can be a Christian and have some pretty deep misunderstandings about it and about the gospel. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I had a really working knowledge of um, the grace of Jesus Yeah. Uh, for the first 10 years that I was a Christian. Yeah. I don't think that that meant that God was looking at me going, he doesn't get me, you know? Yeah. Because uh, we just don't get God, period. I mean, the disciples did not get Jesus, period. Yeah. You know, even Peter before and after the resurrection of Christ, before and after Pentecost, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, yeah, still plenty of times did not get the gospel of Christ, you know, and, you know, famous scenes of Paul calling him out for, you know, um, hanging with the circumcised people and acting like, you know, that law was still in play. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul saying, you know, right, well, it isn't. Yeah. Uh, Peter knew better. But he suspended it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I would say for a political reason. Mm. And we do that now. Yeah. You know. Don't, make it, don't make it right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because if, if we were doing what you're saying, if we're keeping the full knowledge of the gospel in mind the whole time, if we could really have the perfect love of Jesus in our thoughts and in our actions all day long, we'd always know what to do. Mm-hmm. We would always know the right call, and we'd go out of our way to do it. And part of me wonders, though, too, is like, when we ignore, when we ignore the the call, when we ignore the the crying, right? When we, yeah, because Jesus, because Jesus said it very, very clearly on the Sermon on the Mount, right? He said, he said, look, <laughs> like, blessed are those who mourn with the mourn, with the, like, blessed are those who mourn. Um, because yeah. like because there's the kingdom of God, right? He yeah. he's like, um, we need to mourn with those who are mourning. Sure, we need to we need to be peacemakers. We need to, we need to be salt and light. We need to and and sometimes I think that when we start speaking negatively about these human beings who right. are trying, right. we're not salt and light anymore. No, we're we're no. ruining we're ruining the message of Jesus. We and, sound like people who say you deserve to die because you broke the law. Mm-hmm. That's what the devil says. Yeah. And, and again, when we start putting legality over humanity, we yeah. are missing the point. The Bible is full of times when people quietly ignored the law in order to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, it's never framed this way, but it is. Uh, the first one I could think of, and there's probably some before this, but Rahab and the spies, right? Mm-hmm. They come in to spy on the land. Rahab, wasn't she a prostitute? Mm-hmm. She hid them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if they're supposed to be in a prostitute's house, first of all. So they ignored that rule. Mm-hmm. But she, you know, um, <clears throat> she looked out for them and lied for them, actually. Yeah. And later she was spared and later she was welcomed into their tribe. And she's considered a hero of the faith. Yep. And she actually lied and she actually broke the law. And probably they d- did too. Yep. You know, um, and then um, Daniel famously would not bow you know, um, <clears throat> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fiery furnace because they would not bow. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they wouldn't, you know, do all those little pagan Babylonian things that they were supposed to do, and they weren't going to worship the king as a god, and they weren't going to worship Babylonian gods. And they're, they're considered heroes of the faith, you know? The, the disciples. <laughs> like, the list goes on. You know? and, and we got to go into Jesus being the Son of God, right? Walking with his disciples, mm-hmm. 
and they're pulling some wheat mm-hmm. while they're walking. <clears throat> some of the religious leaders bounce out of nowhere. Right. They're breaking the Sabbath. Right. They're Jesus just, is like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, hold on a second. First off, don't talk to me about the Sabbath because I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Right. Um, so, <laughs> like, step up, step off because I am the one who's in control of all of this. Right. But then you want to come and tell me that because it's the Sabbath, they shouldn't eat anything? Sure. That's that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, we're, like, my people are breaking your law yeah. to be able to eat. Right. Again, this is Jesus speaking to man saying, you have your rules, but your rules are actually hurting humanity. Mm-hmm. Some of our rules are hurting humanity. Right. And we need to rethink them. Mm-hmm. And it, when they're causing damage to little children, mm-hmm. that's where my that's where my, my my heart breaks. Yeah. Because honestly, like the adults, they're the ones making the decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is what I said in my post <clears throat> is that the adults are the ones making the decision to take these kids up. Mm-hmm. So adults who are making the decision for the kids, these kids have no control over that. Right. They're just coming up with their with their mom and dad, aunt and uncle, cousin, whoever, knowing that. They have to find safety. Imagine how scared these kids are. Mm-hmm. Imagine. Right. Because they don't know what's going on. They just know that they're being pulled away in the dark of the night to get up to somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. And they know that if they don't make it, something bad is going to happen. Yeah. That, that's inexplicable. Mm-hmm. How do you not have a broken heart over that for these kids? Right. The adults, they make that decision. Adults are making the decision to say, we're going to put you in cages. Right. You know, like we're going to put you on cement floors. We're going to put you in places where you're not able to get cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Adults are making those decisions for these kids. These kids have no way of speaking for themselves. So when we look at Jesus and he says, bring to me the little children. Yeah. When he says, if any of you causes any of these little ones to stumble, it's better for you to... Th- Tie a millstone around your neck and jump into a lake mm-hmm. because you're going to go down. Like this is like this is basically what Jesus said. Like it's better for you to die <laughs> than to cause one of these kids to stumble. Because there's, <laughs> because uh, okay, Jesus didn't say it, but I'll say it. That was Jesus's way of saying there's a special place in hell. Yes, if you harm children, and on both sides. I'm almost feeling like we're we're on the wrong one. Yeah. Because yeah. people are, I've heard people say, well, if this dad cared enough about his daughter, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have done it illegally. Yeah. And I'm going to say it's because he cared about his daughter that he was trying to do this thing illegally. Right. Or even legally by trying to seek asylum. Yeah. He was being I mean, denied. I, he got to, he actually got put turned away at a bridge and he had to jump off the bridge. Right. That was what they decided. That's what they. De- de- that's what they came to conclusion of. That he jumped off the bridge for safety, because he was being turned away. And then they drowned. Hmm. That is that. How? Right. Again. Yeah. It's like we we are we are saying that unless you follow our rules to the T, your humanity does not matter. You know, there's a. Uh... There are plenty of examples, I think, in, in our country's history of the lawbreakers. Ultimately, I think we've decided that they were the ones who were right, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, I always think of the Civil War. Maybe this comes from being from West Virginia. 
living next to a Civil War town and growing up in the uh, birthplace of Stonewall Jackson, you know. Uh, But when North and South split, we had the Union and the Confederacy. um, There were, you know, there were plenty of people who escaped, you know. And I would actually say before the Civil War. There were plenty of people who, before the Civil War actually began, there were plenty of people. Uh, who escaped from slavery, which is illegal, and they escaped to the north, um, to the state, to the non-slave states. Now, did you know, though, they weren't entirely safe in the north, right? It's not like everybody in the north was against slavery. But there actually was a federal law at the time, uh, which the slaveholding states really longed to to see enforced, and were always complaining that it wasn't enforced, uh, was that if you see an African-American person, um, you are to capture them and bring them back to a slaveholding state Mm. and if you can figure out that somebody is a freed slave or they tell you they're a freed slave um, you can just grab them and take them back they were tired of this not being enforced like you know slaves would escape to pennsylvania and pennsylvanian people uh, would see them and go oh you escaped from slavery good for you or oh you're an african-american i'm sure you're free you know Uh, and the slaveholding states hated that south carolina Hated that, okay? And then after the Civil War started and plenty of people were escaping and encouraged to escape, all of that's illegal, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, It was actually illegal until the Emancipation Proclamation. That was when it began. (laughs) <laughs> that was when it actually became legal, you know. Mm-hmm. But until the war was over, it could be enforced, and the war wasn't over for another two years. Yeah, you know. And so you have all of that going on, and I just look at that going, who in their right mind would say that a person escaping from slavery, you know, and in many cases joining the Union Army, <laughs> defecting to the Union Army yeah. to fight against it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all all of that illegal. You yeah. know, but you know everything Harriet Tubman did was illegal. Yeah. Everything she everything. was a spy. Yeah. Uh, she got people out. You mm-hmm. know, took people to you know took people to freedom, and all of that was illegal. I mean, let's you go know? even go like Schindler. You know, that was illegal. That was illegal. perfect <laughs> example. But we're comfortable with Holocaust examples. We'll do that all day long. Yeah. It's like you want to break Nazi laws, you break them. That was yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, um, but. Uh, but when we bring it to here, mm-hmm. you know, when we bring it to America, when we bring it to our, you know, our discrimination, you know, we bring it to our state-sponsored evil, mm-hmm. a little too close to home, you know. Yep. And a lot of people say, "Hey, well, come on, you know, you expect the government to do everything. Why are you, why are you calling out the government?" But when the government is going against your your Christianity. You gotta say something. Yeah, you know. And even if we're saying no, we don't want the government to be doing everything. Let the churches do something. Yeah, we would. Border Patrol is actually turning people away, right. trying to bring stuff in, saying, "Look, can we give toothpaste? Can we give?" No, we can't. Do I that. thought of that too. We, you know, a lot of people assume that you know because I, you know, if I criticize the government that I want it fixed or I want the government to to create some sort of you know social program or something or some kind of go and i don't ne- i don't necessarily want i would love to see churches doing that for one thing the church would be irrelevant you know mm-hmm. but we we have you know the church has i'm embarrassed to say this it's had a little trouble handling power mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and when yeah. we're given responsibility sometimes <sighs> we'll be talking about that next episode we see it as power and we messed it up a few times yeah you know i think we can really do it yeah but we get a little we get a little human is what we do a human yeah. in a bad way like yeah. the sin nature side of human yeah. and not the uh, Christ-like human that we're supposed to be but. 
Well, we're coming close to being on mm-hmm. an hour in this podcast, and so we know that people are probably either tuned out or whatever. But yeah, this um, this situation should really hurt us. It should. This is this is my final thought on this: is that I feel that we need we need to really up our compassion and our empathy in this matter. When we look at people who are trying to make their way over, let's not look at them as illegal. Mm-hmm. Let's look at them as human. Let's look at them as people who are just really trying to figure out a better way. And until we can make it easier for them, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. So how do we care for them? How do we love them? How do we show that we love them? And don't talk to me about going, well, we can go there as missionaries for a one week it's like that's not going to do anything. That's get in, get out, man. Yeah, I'm a, so go and build a shelter. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But what about here? Mm-hmm. Like learning their stories, learning who they are, right. figuring out ways to truly care for them, and to not look at people who bring water over to them at the border and say, "Oh, look at them breaking the law," because that's happened too. People have been arrested for trying to give water to people. Oh, Bobby, I mean that conf- is that is crazy to me. Confession: If I still, I used to live in Phoenix, Arizona. If I still lived down there, I'd be doing that. Yeah, I I read about a teacher uh, who who went to who went to court. He went to trial um, because he was. He was helping yeah. uh, people in the desert by giving them water. A school teacher from Arizona. Yeah. And they let him go because the court, the jury at the time couldn't decide if that was actually illegal or not. You know? Yeah. But I looked at that Arizona teacher and I was like, man, you're my hero today, buddy. Yeah. The thing is, there was a guy who had people in a barn who was taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Trying to give them get them back to health because they were actually dying in the desert, right? And he had to go to jail because of it. And I think they finally let him out. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is like, how are our laws so twisted to where we can't be we can't care for humanity? Right. That again, if we're going to arrest people for caring for humanity, mm-hmm. that is going against God's law. Mm-hmm. So so be careful when you start throwing around. Follow the laws of the land. Because if the laws of the land are causing you to go against God's law, right. then you need to be careful. And, yeah, and I wonder, do you even believe that? I, I tend to think it, it's a it's a heart problem for you, and you just are using the law to justify the yep. position you take in the hardness of your heart already. Yeah, or your p- political leaning. Yeah. Which is sad. Because that means your politics are defining your faith, and your faith is not defining your politics. Yeah. As Andy Stanley challenged me a long time ago when I heard him say it, and I've lived by it. I cannot allow my politics to define my faith. My faith has to always define my politics. And if I feel that it is going against my faith, then that is not a political party I want to lean towards. I don't declare a political party. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm going to lean towards the one I feel is going more towards Jesus. Yeah. At so, the time, yeah. At the time, mm-hmm. sure. And right now, um, both sides are just messing this up. Right. Um, but we as Christians are messing up the gospel when we don't care enough. Yeah. When we just want to flippantly say, if they would just do it right. Mm-hmm. No. Because in my opinion, they are doing it right. Because and we're, we're doing to, it wrong. And we're doing it wrong. Yeah. Maybe it's on us and... Um, if we're if that's true, uh, we'll be judged. Yeah. So there you go, people. Um, I hope and pray that you're praying and seeking God's wisdom in your thoughts about this situation. If this has bothered you in any way, um, you know, check that. Why? 
if it's bothered you in a way that's causing you to like actually take action, check that and figure out what you need to be doing. But if it's pushed you to a point where, oh, you know, they're illegal, check that. Yeah. Because that's, that's something that I think you're, I think there's, I think it'd be hard to look at the gospel and feel like that's the right answer. Um, because that's not, that's not the, the case. Even when you, even, gosh, I, I know I'm taking it longer than I want to, but, but even like the Philemon, right? Yeah. Or Philemon or however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. But I've heard both. At, yeah. <laughs> but when you look at that, mm-hmm. Paul's writing about Onesimus, mm-hmm. right? Prisoner. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's all about the prisoner being like, look, like, 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 or he was really a slave, mm-hmm. right? Who was technically breaking the law. Sure. And he's saying, look, forgive him. Right. Yeah. There was a reason why. Let's fix. Let's fix this a little. What bit. a great uh, scripture reference. That's something that I'm going to have to to read again today and pay attention to in that way. And by the way, until you just said it, Onesimus, I'd call. I think I've called him one Simus my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. That works too. But anyway, I, just just really be praying this through, people, and you know. I don't know if I don't I don't know if I'm right fully, um, but what I see in Scripture, I'm gonna lean towards that piece. Yeah, I want to love the way Christ. Loved. Me too. I feel I feel if I really search my heart, this is not being informed by, um, you know, a, a political leaning. I feel like it's being informed by. This is what Jesus told us to do. I think it's weird when we make up reasons not to do it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's my final thought there you go so with that we're going to close um, we want to thank you guys again for hopefully you're still listening um, to us here at the Frankincense Podcast we really enjoy doing this and if you have any thoughts on this episode please hit yeah. us up on Facebook um, at the Frankincense Podcast on Facebook mm-hmm. um, or even right on our episode page I believe you can do that um, on our um, potty site um but seriously, this is something that's heavy to us, and I hope it's heavy to you, and we'd love to engage in some dialogue around that. Um, and if you're liking the podcast, if you really do like it, um, please, 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 please rate us on iTunes. Sure. Um, leave a comment, um, you know, because really that's how other people are going to find it. Share this on social media. Um, we, we love it when that's being passed around, um, but we just, we just want to we, – we love having this conversation and honestly, like we said, Jared and I would have these conversations without people listening. We just record ourselves talking to each other, and that's okay. <laughs> this is what we talked about before we got the microphone. <laughs> yeah, so it's good to just have it. Yeah. Um, but with that, um, thanks again for listening, and hope to see you or have you listen next week. Um, but again, uh, this has been the Frankincense Podcast. This is Bobby. This is Jared. Talk to you guys later. Bye.